must be the teaching they get from the pastor. <laughs> oh, happy Mother's Day. This is a great, great day. I want to read from Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. It says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Our moms teach us so many important lessons throughout our lives. You know, sometimes you you don't think about it or you forget it or you're doing things you don't realize where it comes from. And so much of it comes from the input of our mothers. And as I was studying this week, I came across um, a, a list of, if you will, observations a son wrote about what his mother taught him. So I'm going to kind of read through those. He said his mother taught him logic. She once asked if everyone else jumps off a cliff. Are you going to do the same thing? That's logic, right? If everybody else is going to jump off a cliff, you're going to do it. His mother taught him medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes that way, they're going to freeze that way. Right? How many mothers have said that? <laughs> I saw a classic move by a mom this morning, and I just was so, it just filled my heart. The, her, her son's hair wasn't perfect, so what did she do? It's it. Oh, you might. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. It's like, and then you try that with a third. They still do it. You're 13 or 14. Like, come over here. Come here. They want to. <laughs> Only. Imagine your father doing it. Come here, son. You know? <laughs> he just speed us. He come over here, grab your spit on you and then do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he said his mother taught him genetics. You're just like your father. Right? My mother taught me about my mother taught me about roots. Do you think you were raised in a barn? She kind of lays out how, you know, how you came about and everything. Uh, his mother taught him about wisdom of the age, wisdom of age. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. Right? Heard that one. His mother taught him anticipation. That's important. Wait until your father gets home. And the favorite, his favorite thing that his mother taught him was justice. Justice. That's so important. One day, you're going to have children. You're going to have kids. And, and I hope they turn out just like you. Right? <laughs> I love that one. Oh, so let me start with the, with the biblical definition of mother. What is the biblical de- definition of mother? The original Hebrew word is ame, E-M-A. All right. And it, it, and it means the bond of the family. Mother means the bond of the family. In other words, a force that strengthens and, and bonds and holds things together. I mean, when you start breaking these words down, it is so cool. I'd love to get the original meaning, holding things together. So how does the Bible tell us or instruct us to treat our moms? How are we supposed to treat our mothers? Proverbs chapter 6 that we just read in verse 20 tells us not to forsake 
our father's command or the law of our mother. Now, I'm going to say this right up front so I don't have to say it anymore. I understand there are circumstances, abuse, for example, that makes it difficult for a child to honor and respect and follow that 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 mother's instruction, if you will. What I'm but I'm talking about this morning is basically a a normal, healthy family bond or interaction. Okay, so I let's lay that aside. I totally understand there are situations where it's very difficult to follow through with what I'm talking about this morning. But what I'm talking about is more of a normal, healthy family interaction. God is absolutely clear that children should listen to and follow the instruction of their mothers. Okay, and it's not just because they're in charge, because it's so important that we do that. And you'll and we'll get to that as we go through this Proverbs six. I'm going to walk through Proverbs six this morning. Proverbs six says this. Bind them continually upon your heart. Okay, the law of your mother. You see, your mother should be taking God's law, should be taking God's truth, should be taking all the things that she's learned throughout her life and pouring it into your life. And it says that you should continually uh, bind. They should be continually bound upon your heart. That means that we need to constantly remember, constantly bring to mind the instruction they give us and try our best to apply it to our lives. So when your mom says something to you, all right, then you need to own that. You need to try to receive that. And then you need to try to apply it to your life. How does this apply to my life so that you have ownership of that thing? We need to treat our mothers with great respect because they give us information that will guide us for the rest of our lives. And I don't think they get enough credit here. Especially if you, as you get older, you begin to realize this is an old saying, you know, the, the older I get, the smarter my parents get. Honestly, in most cases, that's true. The older you get, the smarter they get. And don't be surprised when you have children that you're saying you're saying to yourself, that's exactly what my mother used to say. I can't believe I'm saying the same thing my mother used to say. You know why? Because it worked because it's good, because it's healthy, because it's right. And you should say the same thing that your mother used to say. When it comes from God's word, when it comes from wisdom and understanding, we need to apply those things to our lives. If we don't do that, we're going to run into all kinds of issues. We need to realize that the information that our mothers give us will guide us throughout our entire existence. And we will build strong, dynamic families if we go along with what they're asking us to do. Like the time your mother told you, don't date snake. Okay, don't date snake. And you're like, Mom, what are you talking about? He's only had two convictions. You're so judgmental. You're so judgmental. Right. Does that mean I can't that mean I can't date his friend Skull either? I mean, come on. You, I can't believe you. I don't understand. And then you date that person or whatever. I don't know how many people have told me, my mom said that I really shouldn't do this. My mom said that's not the right person. My mom, she was so right. She was so right. She was so right. If I can encourage you to do one thing in your life. I remember when I was a young, uh, I was about 18 years old, 19 years old. I wanted to be a youth pastor. I was going to go to school to be a youth pastor. And I had a really great youth pastor, Rich Thomas. And Rich would tell me, listen, 
you're going to get into church someday. And here's what you, you don't want to do this. 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 And I'll be honest with you. I didn't understand why I was not supposed to do those things. Lo and behold, I got into a church and they came up. You know what I did? I didn't say, what does Rich Thomas know? What, is, what, is he, what does he know about it? I, that was a long time ago when he was a youth pastor. I didn't do the things he told me not to do, even if I didn't understand it. Because you know why? Afterwards, I understood why he told me not to do those things. I would really have understood why he told me not to do those things if I went and did them, okay, and suffered the consequences. We need to remember what our moms teach us. Apply them to our lives. When she's, You know, I know it's hard. Hear me out for a second. I know it's hard. She's not an expert. But if you're dating someone and your parents are saying, oh, please, can we sit down and talk? And walking through that, at least hear them out. Okay, hear them out. Because you do not want to be five or ten years down the road and going, my gosh, I should have I listened. I should have listened that, at that point. Have the discipline in your mind to do sometimes what your mom is asking you to do. And even in those situations where you're older, when you get older, have the discipline of mind to maybe go along and do what they're asking you to do, realizing they may know more than you. They may see things you're not seeing. Trust them, okay? Trust them on this. Proverbs 6 continues, Tie them around your neck. This theme is echoed throughout the Bible, especially in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 1, 9, it says this, What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. And then in Proverbs 3, 3, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. What you learn, it constantly is telling you in the Bible, what you learn, own it, tie it around your neck, remind yourself, keep it with you always. It's going to help you. It's going to guide you. It's going to teach you. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect you. That's why, honestly, that's why good parents tell their children not to do certain things. It sounds really silly, but it's the same thing of telling you when you're younger, don't run in the middle of the street. Don't, don't just run out in the parking lot without looking both ways or holding my hand. You get a little older and their, their instruction becomes a little more elaborate. But to be honest with you, it, came, it comes from the same place, a place of protection, a place of guidance, you're it, guys, really. I mean, I don't think when you have children, honestly, I'm here. Here I go. But when you have children, when you get older, you will understand. When you're talking about a normal, healthy relationship of the family, they do it because they have this intense love for you. OK, it's beyond words, the kind of love that we have for our children. And even if they're even if they don't do it the right way, sometimes or say it the right way, sometimes that's that's where it's coming from to bind something. Talk about bindings to bind something around your neck helps you remember. OK, it, it helps. So it's binded around your neck. And I use the word apply it so you can remember it in this case. In this case here, it helps you remember God's law. It helps you remember God's truth. Parents, you should be investing and investing the word of God, the truth of God. Even if it doesn't come, you don't do chapter and verse. 
Biblical principles and precepts should be constantly poured into your children and they should tie it around their neck so they can remember what you said. And if your children are saying, my gosh, mom and dad, how many times you have to tell me that? I know that I know that you're doing a good job. You are. You're doing a good job because you're going to be a grandparent someday and you're going to sit back and you're going to watch them say the exact same things to their children. And it's encouraging. For some of you say, well, I'm totally not. I don't totally have this. Okay, uh, I don't know if some of you have promise rings or were given promise rings by your parents. A promise ring reminds you to stay pure before you're married. It's something that you tie around your finger. It's around your finger and you're and you're in certain situations. It's right there in front of you. It reminds you. It helps. It brings to back to memory the, the kind of life that you should be living according to God. Right. Some people now today, they get tattoos and they get tattoos of like a date or a person's name or a scripture reference or something that reminds them of an event or something that happened in their life that they want to constantly bring to mind. They maybe overcame an addiction or something. So they have a verse on their arm and every time they feel like reaching for whatever, they, it's there for them. It's the, same, it's the same type of idea. Binding something around your neck also represents a safeguard. It is a safeguard. As we, as we remember God's law, it protects us. Listen, it protects us from making wrong decisions and ruining the rest of our lives. You can't imagine the fear of a parent sometimes when they're watching their child make decisions and realizing this is going, this could ruin their lives. I mean, obviously God is God and he can take, bring beauty out of the ashes and he can change things around. All things work together for good. That's all true. But there are decisions that we make sometimes that profoundly affect our lives. And what this verse is reminding, tie it around your neck so that you don't make. So it comes to mind, you make the right decision because if you make the wrong decision. It could have a profound impact on your life for the rest of your life. I think a lot of people would say amen to that because they realize they've made those choices and it has a profound impact. As we remember God's law, it protects us. It protects us from making really life altering decisions. Proverbs 622 continues. When you roam, they will lead you. When you roam, when you roam, they will lead you. When you leave home, when your parents are not around God's truth, God, the truth of God's word that they kind of tied around your neck, that they spoke into your heart will guide your thoughts and your actions. Basically what it means. When you leave home, when you roam, okay, what that what what, what they placed in around your neck, if you will, that the truth and into your heart, it will help you. All right. It will help you down the road to have the right thought process. That's so important to start out with the right thought process when you're dealing with difficult situations and the right heart, making the right decision, following through with the right actions, thoughts, actions, That's what Proverbs here is talking about. Next, it says, when you sleep, they will keep you. I want you to think about some of this. Okay, listen to what he's saying. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you are awake, they will speak with you. That means they will give comfort and counsel. You will receive comfort and you will receive counsel. The truth is, your mom taught you um, things 
that will help you rest your mind and your heart. You ever, I'll tell you right now, if your life is not filled with all kinds of poor decisions and all kinds of things that you brought on yourself and all kinds of difficulties, you sleep better. Listen to your mother's instruction, the law of your mother. Listen to what your mother is saying. Why? Because when you sleep, you'll be able to rest your mind. You'll be able to rest your heart. Why? Because you'll have made better decisions. You won't be waking up overwhelmed because you've made all these different decisions that you went against the word of God. You went against what your mother was saying. And all of a sudden you're being woken up by those difficulties. This isn't rocket science. It just flat out works. You want to rest and sleep well? Listen to the instruction that you were given by your mom. And then her and then her words as you go through life, as you leave, it talks about, you know, when you awake, when you awake, they will speak to you. They will come. To, it's basically what that means. They will come to mind when you need to make a difficult decision. So you're in, we've all been there. We need to make a tough decision. What do I do? And you think, honestly, if, if you're in that environment, the family, you say, what would my mom do? What would my mom have said here? It's funny because as we get older, those of us who are a little bit older, we begin to realize that, like, what would, what would my mom have done here? What would my mom have said? What would she have done? How would she have handled this? It brings to mind, it speaks to you when you're awake. Those words speak to you when you are awake. And then it says next, for the commandment is a lamp. A lamp guides your way in the darkness. The the command, what your mom has taught you is a lamp that guides your way in the darkness when things are confusing. I mean, again, how often is life confusing? We don't know what to do. We feel like we're in the dark. Our minds are like, what do I do here? But that becomes a lamp. The commandment becomes a lamp. It's a lamp. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, right? Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So if, if your parents are feeding into you the word of God, you know, trust in the Lord. Trust in what they're saying that comes from the word of God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Honestly, guys, you want to be successful in business. I've talked to so many massively successful business people in my life. And most of them say the exact same thing. Success, a lot of success comes from surrounding yourself with the right people. Finding the right people around you. Listening to their counsel. Listening to what they have to say. Same thing in business. Same thing at home. Same thing when it comes to sports. Same thing. It doesn't matter. You listen to your coach, you listen to the people around you, and you will be more successful. If you don't, I'm telling you right now, if you don't listen to the wise people around you who give you instruction, you will fail in life. You will fail. Relationally, you're going to fail. From a business perspective, you'll fail. You are going to fail. If you don't listen to your coach, you will. I don't care how naturally talented you are. You're not going to be as good as you could have been if you listened to their instruction. Proverbs is saying that it enlightens the darkened mind. Okay? So sometimes we just, we're not in the right place. 
And what it t- comes in and it, it, it enlightens the darkened mind. Sometimes it's really not maybe dark, completely dark. It's just gray. You ever struggle in gray, what we consider as humans gray areas? God can help you straighten out those gray areas. We listen to our, the instruction that our mother is giving us, that our parents are giving to us. Sometimes it's just a fog. You're going through a really difficult time in your life. I mean, you know, you're going through a stressful or challenging, and you're, you're like in a fog. And when you're in a fog, it's really difficult to make wise choices. And what that lamp does is it illuminates and allows you to see past and through the fog to make the choices that God would want you to make. Have you ever been in a hard situation and basically said to yourself, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? There's the answer. That's the answer to what do I do? And the passage finishes. It says, and the law alight. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. What that means is when you receive wise counsel or instruction or discipline, it leads to life. It leads to life. And it's, it, Proverbs here is talking about uh, preserving and prolonging this life. Okay, so when you listen to the instruction of your mother, the instruction of your parents, it leads to a longer life, a more prolonged. It preserves your life. It prolongs your life it strengthens your life. And it ensures eternal life for those who are wise enough to follow. So stronger life here on earth, more effective life here on earth. But then continuing eternally, you get to spend eternity with God. Now, when it comes to a preserving and prolonging life, I, I got to tell you a quick story. I was about I was 16 years old and I got my license in New York. And my mom said to me, she said, listen, Jeffrey, she said, Jeffrey, you need to go slower. You need to drive slower. And I wasn't a maniac. And I'm thinking, I drive slow enough. Yeah, I'm good. I, I, know, I know how to drive. <laughs> I'm 16. I know how to drive, you know. Um, we didn't even have video games back there, so it was hard to know how to drive. So I, 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 but I figured I know how to drive. And she said, here's the reason why. She says, you haven't been through an entire year yet of the weather. Each, each bit of weather creates a different circumstances. So you got to drive slower so that when you, when you come against this or this or this, you'll learn how to drive. But if you're going slower, then, you know, if something happens, you'll be able to think it through and you won't, it won't be a stress. So I'm like, yeah, 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 mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen you drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. I'm Mario Andretti, if you remember who he is. Uh, so I got in a car and my friends and I, they started it. I was just an innocent bystander who was driving the car. Okay. One of them said out the window, hey, I'll beat you home, blah, blah, blah. You know, I said, there, you got to be kidding. Now, you got to remember, I'm in a 1973 Super Beetle. Okay, Volkswagen. So it wasn't like the coolest thing on the road. So to be in a Super Beetle as your car and to lose would be too much for my manhood. So I had to take up the challenge. We're riding home and it was raining. It started to rain, just drizzling a little bit. Right. Well, listen, rain, rain is not that important when you're going around a curve at 50 miles an hour. What can rain do? Right. And I'm not kidding you guys. I turned the wheel of the car. So the wheels are turning this way and it slid. It just kept on going because shock of all shocks. You can't turn. OK. And the car turned with you like that, at least that one in the rain at 50 miles an hour. And there's a guardrail and a stream. OK. Pretty big stream down is down 304 turning down where the apartment complex is. And I was going to like he we were real close. I, I would have won if this didn't happen. And that we were I was coming around the corner and I turned. I said, yeah, you know, and we slid. And my friends 
who's in the front seat and he's hanging on. We missed the guardrail. I'm not exact. And I, to this day, call that a miracle of God because there's, I don't understand how that car stopped before we went through the guardrail and into the stream, but we didn't. My friend was like, can I go home? I, I, <laughs> I literally think he like wet himself because it was that close, whatever. But my mom was absolutely right. You can't take curves at 50 miles an hour. You know, now she knows I did that because it's on this tape now. And I'm going to she comes back. She goes, you never she, that's, I'm like 50. I'm 55 years old. You never told me that. Like, I'm getting in trouble, like, like, 40 years later. You never, you never told me that. You never told me that. I'm like, Mom, I didn't tell you a lot of things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Other than that, I didn't, do, I didn't do anything. Other than that move right there, I was like, seriously, always curfew and never stayed out all night or anything like that when I told her I wasn't. I was always where I was supposed to be. All right, now where am I supposed to be in this sermon? All right, so... Moms, listen, let's be honest. Moms aren't perfect. Okay, they're not perfect. But I'll tell you something. They love us and they do their best. They're just humans. They're just honestly, they're little girls who grew up and have so much love in their hearts for you. They're not perfect. But honestly, we got to give them a break sometimes because they love us so much and they do their best. And they prove honestly, they prove it by their willingness to sacrifice for our needs. The Bible gives us a really amazing example of this in First Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. You have these two prostitutes and they're living together. One of the prostitutes' babies die, the baby dies. And so she sneaks over in the middle of the night and switches the babies and takes her, the other woman's baby. And all of a sudden the woman wakes up and goes, wait, in the light of day, that's not my baby. You took my baby. And they start fighting over whose baby's whose. And it gets so overwhelming that they have to take it before the king. And so the king, they're for the king and they're arguing. The king says, all right, enough, enough. Here's what we're going to do. There's only one baby. You know the story. I'm the scary little children. But, you know, what, you know, each, you know, everybody gets a baby, uh, at least one part of it. And so uh, they want to split the baby. And the woman who's who stole the baby, she's like, well, that seems fair to me. And the, the mother, the real mother is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 it's okay. She can have the baby. She can take the baby as long as he's safe. There's no need for this. Let her let her have the baby. And so the king says to both women, he says, "Okay, give the baby to that woman. Give the baby to that woman, because that woman basically is willing to give up her child, if you will, to make sure that child is not harmed And he is safe. Give him that mother saying, give no, give him to her. Just don't harm him. The other one's like, well, you know, that's the way a cookie crumbles. And the king says, no, give the baby to his real mother. Understanding that a true mother, like mothers do all the time, would willing to sacrifice whatever she needed willing to sacrifice to make sure that she's going to protect her children. God calls us to love our mothers with the same passion and the same heart and the same desire that they show to us throughout our entire lives. And as always, Jesus sets this. This is so cool. You're going to like this because you may not have ever thought about this before. I love finding things in the Bible that are like, wait a second, that's really cool. This example, Jesus sets another perfect example for us to follow. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, okay? Now, I want you to picture this. Jesus Christ, okay, is hanging on the cross. 
in total agony now, physically, emotionally, spiritually, he's in agony. He's hanging on the cross. And in the midst of all that, he wants to make sure that his mother is taken care of after his death. All right. So I found this. I found this so incredibly interesting. Once Jesus told his disciple to take care of his mother, he's hanging on the cross. Unbelievable what he's going through spiritually and physically and emotionally. He's hanging on the cross. Once he tells his disciple to take care of his mother, it says in John chapter 19, verse 28, listen to this, knowing that all was now completed. Knowing that all was now completed. So Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross and his thoughts go to his mother. Okay, the significance of that of that 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 interaction right there. Think of the significance. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know of how much God cares of the fact that we need to respect and care for our mothers. I don't know what will. I. I. It's not that I'm trying to 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 have this passage say more than it actually does. But here's the deal. I found it massively interesting that God, the father who is in complete control of the whole situation, chose that to be Jesus final act of service. That's Jesus Christ, the son of God, fully God and fully man hanging on a cross. His final act of service is to say there's my mo- there's your mother take care of her and then it says that then it was completed the last act the last sacrificial act of Jesus Christ on the cross is take care of my mother that's incredible some of you have cared for your mothers as they have gotten older and you have invested so much into their lives and in doing so you not only honor them You also honor God. You honor God as well. Moms choose, most moms choose every single day to put someone else's happiness and someone someone else's well-being ahead of their own. Every day. They do that every single day. A mother is willing to teach you the hard lessons. I want you to hear this through, okay, for a second. Mothers are willing to teach their children the hard lessons, even if they have to be the bad guy, okay, to do it, so that you turn out right. They'll be the bad guy so you turn out good. They'll make the hard decisions and get you upset with them and be the bad guy so that they make sure you turn out Good. Try that. Try that sometime just for your for yourself. Try try to do that for someone else and see how that works out for you every day. When you hear the negative kind of things back, you got to think through why a person's doing what they're doing, because moms are amazing. Motherhood is a choice to try to do the right thing, even when they're not sure what the right thing is for every mother. Okay, she has that has children. Those children are different. And motherhood doesn't come with a manual that this is exactly how you treat A child snapshot. All children are different. So they have to navigate all children and they have to come up with the right way to do things for all the different children. 
They don't even they don't know what they're doing. Sometimes they still try to make the right decisions and deal with you based upon who you are as a person. The Bible says raise up a child in the way they should go when they were old. They will not depart from it. That means the natural bent of your child. If you have more than one child, you have a lot of natural bents and you can't treat one like the other because they're all different. And mom's got to figure that all out. I want to close with a simple quote that I believe sums up motherhood very well. I love this quote. It's from Teneva Jordan. Mother is a person who, seeing that there are only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces she never did care for pie. Simple. Isn't that true, though? Four pieces, there's five people, four pieces of pie. And mom will say, you know, never did like pie. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time we can spend together. Thanks for the opportunity, Lord, to to just honor our moms. It's a difficult job, Lord God, and there's so much love and passion poured into it. I just pray that you would bless them. You would bless them with all of their hearts, Lord God, whether it's mothers of, of, of newborns or where it's mothers, mothers of older children, college, doesn't matter. Pray that you give them wisdom. Pray that you give them discernment. Pray that you give them everything they need to invest in the lives of their children. Because if, that's, if, if you ask them, that's what they want. That's what they want, Lord God. They want the ability to know the the best way to invest in their children and their families. I pray that you would give them that wisdom, that you would give them that discernment, that you would give them even even greater depth of love, Lord God, that they'd be able and strength and strength to be able to walk forward and accomplish what you called them to do, what you called them to be. God, we love them with all of our hearts and pray that you would bless them and give them an amazing, happy, joyful day that we would serve and just express that love. Not only today, Lord, that through what we learned this morning, that we would give them a little bit more room, a little benefit of the doubt, just a little bit more encouragement because of who they are and who you created them to be. We love you and praise you for this time that we can actually spend together, Lord, learning more about you and more about motherhood. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great week.